welcome you to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, Professor Burgess, along with Professor Bussey, uh, as we continue to hand out degrees in common sense. Of course, Bubba, as many have said correctly, has now become a superpower. Um, you know, I think that Chad Prather could be a new professor at Rick and Bubba University because uh, this man is—he's oozing with common sense. Um, he 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 has um, and a pretty sharp hat, a pretty sharp hat too. Rick. His hat, like his hat looks yep. fantastic. Uh, he's done a lot of things. We'll cover all that. But right now, released uh, back in August, uh, the book "Am I Crazy?" An unapologetic patriot takes on the insanity of today's woke world, and we talk about this a lot on the Rick and Bubba Main Show and and here in the, in this podcast. So let's welcome Blaze TV host Chad Prather. Chad to Rick and Bubba University. What's up, Chad? Gentlemen, let me tell you something. I have met a lot of people in my life and all my travels, been on a lot of shows and had some interesting characters and even celebrities. But I texted my good buddy in Gadsden, Alabama, Tim Lett, yesterday, and I said, brother, let me tell you something. I have finally arrived. <laughs> I'm on the Rick and Bubba podcast, hanging out with the boys on the univer- at the university. And so thank you for having me on. It's a great pleasure and an honor. And uh, it, it's good to be with you guys. It really is. Well, I uh, appreciate just, everything y'all have done all these years. J- just the fact that you're good friends with somebody in Gadsden says yeah. a lot about you. It in sure a positive does. way. I mean that in a good way. <laughs> you got, God bless Ottawa County, Alabama. Hey Amen. You got ties to, to Bama, and, and uh, you live in Texas. And and uh, so uh, you, you've you won us over just with those two points. Uh, so, uh, well, you know, I look at everything you're doing. We certainly want to unpack the, the book, but. I mean, what the first time I ever heard of you was uh, really you were presented as a comedian, and uh, right. and I was like, yeah, and I think you even you know hit the, the comedy club circuit. You've actually even played in our home city, uh, and uh, and so I thought, well, this guy you know is a comedian, and, and looked at some of your stuff, laughed really hard, and then you know we and, and see that's odd because the first time I heard about Chad, I heard he was going to be the next governor of Texas. I know, and then so, the, and, and then the second felt- time I heard about Chad, he's got a show on Blaze. <laughs> And then third third time I heard about Chad. I mean, Chad, you you have really uh, got a hand in so many things. If I were to tell if I were to tell people what you were, what what do I tell them? You know, I, I was on the phone yesterday with with some folks, and I made this very comment. I said, depending on who you ask, I could be any number of things. I could be a media commentator. I could be a comedian. I could be a musician. Um, I could be a guy that just sits in his truck and runs his mouth and pontificates on life. Uh, I could be a motivational speaker. It goes on and on and on. I'm happy to add author to the list. But, yeah, I am actually running for governor in the state of Texas, uh, trying to win the GOP ticket to primary Greg Abbott. Uh, and uh, so I had a lot of things going on. I really do. Um, and uh, it, I'm one of those indefatigable. That's a university word, right? There I you just go. don't get tired. I just don't get tired. Like, I love the hustle. Right. I, I, I just I'm like a goose. I wake up in a new world every day. I love the variety, you know, yeah. and most of the time I'm lost as a goat in a hailstorm. But, hey, at least I'm having fun. Yeah. Well, going back to this, you know, you're running for governor. In yeah. Tell us about that, Chad. Yeah. Uh, what what what's your beef with Governor Abbott? Yeah. Where do you think Abbott could could do better? Well, most most of the real conservatives in Texas, uh, they do have a problem with Greg Abbott. Uh, Greg's one of those smooth career politicians with a lot of money behind him. A lot of that comes from some uh, some nefarious places. And Greg Abbott's good at saying the right things in campaign seasons, but he never really does anything. In fact, anybody that really did the research would be hard pressed to find him doing anything. Uh, the words are right. The actions are wrong. And so last 
last year, last year, uh, I was in South Dakota. I was having dinner. I was waiting actually for the next night. Donald Trump was coming to speak at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd. But on the second, I was having dinner with Don Trump Jr. and some other folks. I was drinking a little glass of wine and I almost spit it out when I, my phone went off and there was another notification from the news that said that Greg Abbott had passed out another mandate that was shutting down businesses that he deemed non-essential. So I don't know if it was because of the wine or because I was with a Trump, but I went to Twitter and uh, posted that I was going to run for governor in 2022 in Texas. And I, I awakened a firestorm. Uh, I had no idea of the support, the grassroots support that was going to pop in almost immediately uh, from folks that I, I realized were in the same boat as me. They were tired of this. They felt like their constitutional rights were being trampled on and the freedoms were being taken away by somebody that was acting unilaterally and in a very dictatorial way. And that's just not Texas, right? That's just not the way we're perceived and, and it's certainly not the way we want to live. But I just don't think that Texas is the Texas that most Texans think it is anymore. Right. And so with the platform and the voice and the reach that I have, I said, you know, no matter what, we're going to stir it up. I'm not a politician. I had no desire, had no political aspirations, but uh, we're opening people's eyes in a big, big way and showing them that, you know, the Constitution wasn't written to keep you safe or to keep you healthy. It was written to keep you free. And when your freedoms are being taken away and that's being supported by a governor, it's time to make a change. So, Chad, let me ask you this, since we're on this topic, what about the the southern border? What in the world Mm. can be done about that? Because I know the feds are going to tie your hands on a lot of this while they're claiming it's their responsibility, but they're doing nothing. And as we speak, we've just had the big Haitian invasion a few weeks ago of about 15,000. And from what we hear, 60,000 more are on the way. And we're, that's right. going to be a nice little Christmas present for everybody. So well, what, what, it, what can you do about that? And one of the things I'll say is, is the media is reporting that. I'm on, the, I'm on the phone with folks at the border, specifically in Valverde County, which is Del Rio, where this is happening every morning. And I, and I hear both the official statements and the unofficial statements. The unofficial statements are really scary. There was really more like about 23,000 the other week that were released into the country. And there's probably more like 80,000 that are on the way. Uh, so those are very conservative estimates in that regard. We do need a wall. We do need a physical barrier there, but we need to also have a human wall. We need to have uh, Texas DPS agents as well as their material resources actually allowed to do their job as well as the National Guard. Look, Washington, D.C. has a target on the back of Texas. They want Texas to become like Illinois or New York or California because they realize something that I don't think we realize here in Texas. And that is Texas is the last state that truly has the size, economy, Mm -hmm. leverage, power, and people to put Washington, D.C. back on track. And uh, this administration is afraid of Texas. So the first thing we got to do is just enforce the laws that are on the books and let's let's push back uh, and and empower citizens to protect their own boundaries and their own properties. And uh, there's so many things that could easily be done. For instance, you know, it's up to Texas to control who uses their highways and roads. Uh, they're using the highways and the roads to bust these illegals into the interior of the country. Uh, it's up to us to protect our borders, and we need to empower folks to do that. You know, there's a great constitutional word that people kind of reel back in horror, and, and that's a word, militia. You know, we need to empower the Texas State Guard. The, the, you know, the federal government can't uh, stop them. We need to affect uh, them to be empowered to uh, protect our border. Look, we can control who comes across the border in Texas. We have that power with the sovereignty of our state. It's a, it's 
protected in the Constitution to be able to do so. You know, who owns the Mississippi River, right? Well, whichever state touches it, you know, that, that they claim it, but it also, they there's easements on either side. Well, who owns the Rio Grande, okay? That, that's that's not international waters. That's, that's a Texas boundary. We have that, not only that water, but we've got an easement over onto the other side. The cartels, uh, just in the 120-mile stretch of Valverde, Verde County, again, which is Del Rio, cartels on the other side in Acuna, they're making $25 million a week on trafficking. This is insanity, wow. man. And that's just in that one stretch. So it's crazy. We've got to enforce the laws that are on the books. we got to empower people. And we have got to absolutely enable the folks that we have control over in law enforcement to do what they pledged an oath to do. It's just not happening right now. And uh, the federal government is, is persona non grata, especially yeah. when it comes to Texas. Well, it, it seems so straightforward what you're saying, and I guess that's why you're you're running for governor. It, it seems pretty clear if the federal government, you know, we talk about this on the show a lot. I, I'm sure you say things similar. It's interesting how the 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 central government has started this process that they they want to do everything the Constitution doesn't give them the power to do, but yet they <laughs> want but they won't do the things the the Constitution says they're supposed to do. Right. And so but and so when they won't protect Texas or any state, I mean, isn't it pretty clear you just laid it out that state then has the right to protect itself? Yeah. Uh, in fact, in fact, um, it, it we you know, we have one section of the Constitution that says that if there is an invasion and the federal government doesn't do anything about it, it's the state's rights to defend their borders and the governor of that state becomes the uh, commander in chief mm -hmm. there in that state. Uh, we're definitely under invasion. I mean, just the numbers that I told you about. Listen, again, I go back to Valverde County. They've apprehended 84 nationalities at their border this year alone. Right. Now, there's not 84 countries below our border, right? right they're right. coming from all over the world, yeah. not the least of which. Look, they're not coming from Finland or France. They're coming from places <laughs> like Pakistan and, and Rwanda, and they're coming from the Sudan. They're coming from Yemen and Oman. They're coming from Iran. We're seeing it from all over the place. In fact, mixed in with these Haitians that are coming now, they have what they're terming exotics. And that's those people that are mingling in with these this Haitian community. And they're coming in and they're coming in from places like Iran and places that wish to do us harm. So we're in deep trouble here. I mean, we are in deep trouble. Uh, we're watching the systematic uh, controlled crash of America to give it over to the globalists so that America can once and for all repent of all her sins. And that's what this administration is all about. It's going to take somebody with backbone to empower Texans to say, no more, we're not going to do this. You're not coming across this river today. We can do that. You know, I always say that the most complex problems we have cannot be solved with solutions that are politically correct. Right. We got to be politically incorrect. Listen, I know a group of guys just here in the state of Texas that are, that are retired special forces guys, they'd clean the border up in a week. I mean, it wouldn't take a lot of those guys to do that. They could clean the border up in a week. And one of the things that we need to do uh, as the state of Texas and really hold the feet to the fire there in Washington, D.C., is have these cartels named international terrorist organizations. Then we can affect the full force of our military uh, and, and absolutely wipe these guys out. Out because look, let's face it, this is a violent situation and it's only going to be met. It's only going to be solved with a solution of violence at some point in time, especially if this uh, chaos continues to go and, and it's left unchecked. 
All right, so we want to come back. Uh, we got Chad Prather, as you can hear, our guest. Uh, we'll come back. We'll jump more in. We'll talk more about his new book, too, Am I Crazy? Uh, it, it's available now. It's been out since uh, the month of August. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. Our guest on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, Chad Prather, uh, when we went to the break, you were talking about the problem uh, with the Texas border and uh, the fact you're going to run for governor in 2022. Uh, and, Bob, I know you had a question. Yeah, Chad, so just to, to be clear, because you, you referred to this, but do you think that this is being done intentionally to turn Texas purple at the worst, possibly blue in the near future? 100%. 100%. And you don't have to go any further back than 2018 when we saw the election between Robert Francis, Beto O'Rourke, and Ted Cruz for Senate. Uh, they spent about $90 million in that campaign race for Beto O'Rourke. That money was coming from all over the place, California, Silicon Valley, Hollywood, various places. Uh, this wasn't this wasn't altogether Texas money trying to get Beto O'Rourke elected. Uh, if that was true, then it stands to reason that there are powers at play out there that see Texas as a big threat. And the only way to handle, you know, us good old boys down here with the is to give us our comeuppance, and, and that is to turn us blue. And, you know, that's why the media loves this idea of talking about not only Robert Francis, but guys like Matthew McConaughey. Why is Matthew McConaughey even a part of this conversation for Texas governor? He hasn't announced he's going to run. He's only tried to sell his book, and, <laughs> and, and he's alluded to, you know, what he would do if he were to run. But the media eats this up because, let's face it, it's not what's best for Texas. It's what sells. You know, what we got to do is get back to what's best for Texas, because what's best for Texas is going to be what's best for the United States of America. So goes Texas. So goes the nation. So goes Texas. So goes the the free world. Uh, This is we we represent the ninth largest economy on the planet. Uh, You demolish that. And we've got a problem. We've got a problem everywhere. This is going to affect you guys in Alabama. It's going to affect folks in, uh, you know, all up through the Midwest. And, and it's just not going to be in America that we recognize if Texas falls. Yeah, and, and here's one of the things that's concerning. Um, I've, I've done some uh, men's conferences and, and, and been in Austin, Texas, that's a different <laughs> Texas. Uh, you know, we did the stories uh, only a few years ago when the mayor of Houston, Texas, said that the pastors at the churches needed to turn in their sermon notes to her so she could uh, mark approve, it, them. Yeah. Uh, approve of anything that they might be preaching against, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, actually preaching God's standard for marriage and gender and, and sexuality. And, and she didn't get away with that, but she tried it. And those are the yeah. things that we have to look out for because even in Texas— Places like Austin and Houston, I'm sure you know others, uh, they are turning to the left. So, you know, I I had a, a newspaper reporter ask me a couple of months ago. She said, if you make it to Austin, do you think you'll be able to handle it since Austin is not like the rest of Texas? I said, that's a very telling statement. The fact that Austin isn't like the rest of Texas should tell you our problem. Yep. Uh, we need to make Austin like the rest of Texas. But right now we have Dallas, we have uh, San Antonio, Houston, El Paso, and now my beloved and home, uh, Fort Worth, which went blue for the first time ever in 2018. Those five cities control that hub of Austin. And Austin's motto has always been keep Austin weird. Well, now it's gotten so <laughs> weird that it's, it's just, I mean, it's uncontrollable. 
when you have transients by the thousands living under bridges and in the parks because it's a lifestyle choice that's weird man yeah. uh that that's something that's untenable but they they want that they welcome that uh you know in 1773 they went out into Boston Harbor and they had the Boston Tea Party. I'm, I'm saying we got to have an Austin Tea Party. Uh, you know, in the city of Austin, they've defunded the police. The police won't even respond unless you're like literally in the process of being raped. The police will not come right now because that's not their policy. That's not their plan. That's not their provision. Uh, these are kind of things where common sense have totally been kicked out and kicked to the curb. Uh, and, and it's one of the things I write about in my book, Am I Crazy? And the point is the whole world's gone crazy. Common sense has been lost. Yeah. We, it's just shocking that yeah. that goes on in Texas. I, I mean, anywhere our, our view Texas. of Texas, anywhere that shouldn't in Texas. be happening. Yeah. Uh, Houston, yeah. Austin, all of those places. Uh, so, Chad, in the book, you're talking about very similar to what we're saying on the show. We're, we, we keep using this term, we are living in a fake world. I mean, I mean, yeah. we, we just did the story today where the, literally the president is, is starting to talk to us from a, a skit set of, of a fake, like he's, he's pretending to be somewhere that he's not. In the Oval Office. Yeah. And, and he's on the grounds where the Oval Office is. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and the things that, you know, are going on, and, and, and we do understand, and I want to get your, your take on this, we, we certainly understand, and we're not trying to say, that the pandemic is not serious. Uh, Bubba and I both have people that we've known uh, and, and, and friends that, that uh, COVID has, has killed them uh, because they, you know, they had some health issues and they were some that you know, didn't seem to have any health issues that were obvious. So it can be very serious. Now, we do know that the uh, survival rate is, is you know, in, just in every category other than uh, being on assisted um, uh, living uh, and being more than 74 years old. Uh, all the other categories are, are 99% point something uh, of a survival yeah. rate. But we do also know that, you know, a very small percentage of, you know, uh, 330-something million people is still a lot of people who have, who have lost their lives. So I'm going to take that and put that aside. We all know it can be very serious. But the way this pandemic is being used right now politically is just turning into bizarro. And again, yeah. it, it's a it's a fake world, and and it's kind of what you're talking about. In the am I crazy? Am I the only one seeing this? So uh, so tell us, uh, you know, some how you kind of see how this pandemic continues to be used, and it seems to be it's fake because it's telling us what they mean is they want to save people's lives, but then the things they're implementing it doesn't seem that way at all. So the way I'm describing the book, Am I Crazy, is it is a common sense guide to the end of the world, how to, how to deal with <laughs> yeah. what we're going through culturally. Yeah. You know, and to your point, I here in Texas, you may have them there as well, but there's these billboards on the side of the road with medical professionals on the billboard, and it says, not all heroes wear capes. Well, apparently in a lot of places, not the least of which is the state of Texas, not all heroes get to keep their jobs anymore either. Right, right. Is that so not crazy? to me. Explain to me why we have a, quote, pandemic. And it's this crisis of, of medical catharsis. And yet we're going to fire our medical professionals, the people who provide care, the people who have been in the trenches for 18 months. They're going to lose their jobs over an unethical and unconstitutional mandate. Look, I agree with you guys. Obviously, COVID is real. Uh, it's a real thing, uh, but but so is tuberculosis. I mean, so is the flu. So is all these other things. 
the issue that I have is not with any of the, if you want to get a vaccine, get a vaccine. If you want to quarantine, do that. If you want to wear a mask, do that. If you want to stay home, fine. If you want to shutter your business, do that. But when people start telling you and making you right. do that under uh, the consequence of penalty, that's not America. And so you you say, you know, not the real world. I, I keep calling it a clown show. Yeah, uh, it's a clown show. You know, Joe Biden, look, after especially after the Afghanistan debacle, Joe Biden should be in prison or at the least of which licking the windows in the basement of the nursing home. I mean, Joe Biden is so addle brained that he needs help chewing pudding. Right. Somebody has to move his mouth for him. Uh, the guy is not there. He's 100 percent not there. Uh, I, I found out a couple of weeks ago. I had no idea, but it's a known fact that eating ice cream is a treatment for dementia and Alzheimer's. Did you guys know this? No. Like you can go to ALZ.org. That's why the guy's always eating ice cream. It keeps them relevant in the moment when, when they, they might be called on for something. It's actually a treatment for that. Uh, you know, folks with dementia, they don't swing their arms when they walk. That's why when you see Joe Biden walking off the plane, he's always got those big newspapers in his arms or a briefcase. Presidents shouldn't be carrying anything, but they do that because they have to, they have to put a Band-Aid over the fact that the guy is not there mentally. So this is what is, quote unquote, running our country. This is the one who and I don't even think we have elected representatives anymore. We have appointees. Right. We're being ruled by two point five million unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. And people the likes of Anthony Fauci, who is, has tell me when Anthony Fauci has treated a patient. He hasn't. He hasn't. But yet we're allowing them and the World Health Organization and the CDC and the FDA, all of these to control our lives over something that is real but blown out of proportion. You know what I say, and people don't like it, is I say, you know, they look at the numbers and they say, well, there's not enough people dying from COVID for us to keep up this charade. So I tell you what, let's do. Let's fire the medical professionals and pump those numbers up. That's that's the kind of nonsense that we're looking at in this day and age. Common sense is gone, man. It's out the window. And if to, to even say something that way is is to be accursed in the in the mind of the woke individual of today's America. Well, Chad, you you can't deny the fact that when this first come out, Fauci did not come forth. He was not transparent with the fact that his group, the National Institute of Health, had been funding hundreds of millions of dollars of gain of function research in the Wuhan lab. He was promoting the somebody ate a bat theory. You know, which and if you if you didn't go with that, you were banned off social media, you were yeah. taken down, they would right. you know, threaten your account, we're gonna black it out. And uh, look, and, and the evidence was so overwhelming, eventually they, they just, you know, you couldn't get away from it. Thank goodness for Rand Paul uh, calling him on it in the Senate, in the hearings. But what a joke. I mean, Chad, how, when this comes out, why don't you come forward day one and go, look, we were doing some germ research. We helped pay for it because it's illegal to do in the United States. Only China's crazy enough to do it because if it escapes, it could cause a worldwide pandemic. Why not just say that up front instead of push this some poor woman ate a bat sandwich? You know, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I look, I grew up in the state of Georgia. Uh, I lived in Alabama for a number of years. I've been in Texas now for 20. I, look, I've, I've always lived in the country. I'm so country. I got a cousin that got arrested at a cockfight for selling chicken salad sandwiches without a food permit. Uh, I, trust me, I know country. I know redneck. But I've eaten some crazy stuff, boys. I mean, yeah, I, I used to eat a squirrel for breakfast. Yeah. And, uh, and now, do you eat the brain, thing. Chad? I had an uncle who used to crack the brain open and scoop it out like scrambled oh, yeah. eggs. You ever do that? Hey, 
that that's a delicacy down in Troy. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. That's a, that's that's high living right there. That redneck caviar. It is. Um, I've eaten some crazy stuff. They've been eating crazy stuff in China for five thousand years, man. And everybody says to me, they say, you know, you want to play armchair quarterback? And I said, no. When I when I addressed the issue that they told me eighteen months ago, and I said, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, they condemned me then. Then they came out and started saying what I was saying 18 months ago. Right. And I started saying, well, okay. And then they condemned me for that. So so there's a no-win situation here. They don't want you to talk about it. You know, YouTube's now come out with a deal that if you say anything against the vaccine, they can pull your whole channel down. Oh, yeah. You know, my show here on Blaze, the Chad Brather Show, we've been calling it the blah, blah. We call the COVID blah, blah. We call the vaccine blah, blah. We're like We just refuse to say its name. It's, it's that whose name which shall not be spoken, right? Because <laughs> You don't want the scrubbers to catch you. <laughs> I mean, you're going, to be, you're going to be condemned. You're going to be deplatformed and everything else out there for even talking about this thing. So, you know, we're in a world where in the court of public opinion, your opinions don't count. It doesn't matter if I say, well, I think. They say, no, no, no. Well, we're going to, we're going to put you in. Everything from Facebook jail to make you lose your job for thinking and certainly for thinking out loud. So I'm one of those guys and I'm just hard headed, man. I, and, and I got enough in me that that just wants to buck the system and just keep on speaking out and calling the nonsense what it is. Like I said earlier, you can't solve a problem and still be politically correct. You just can't. We got a war on language. We got a war on words. People want you to apologize or get canceled. And I just don't buy into that stuff. That's why, you know, I built an entire apparel brand around the concept of being unapologetic. You know, years ago, I did a video that went viral called Unapologetically Southern and people loved it. And, uh, you know, now we do Unapologetic Patriot. And everything that I do now is from a standpoint of, you know, look, coming from the world of comedy, I believe comedy is free speech. And I'm going to make fun of everybody. I don't care if you're white, black, gay, straight, fat, skinny i you know male female i don't care what you are i make fun of me i can make fun of you we should be able to do that and to come back and say oh well he said this or that i'm not going to apologize for those things and when it comes to dealing with these real issues of life like coronavirus or mandates because every day i'm getting letters from people saying what do i do i work for american airlines i'm losing my job or i work for methodist hospital i'm losing my job what do i do uh and, and these folks that are out there um, you know, what do they do? At some point in time, you know, political correctness be damned. We've got to fight back and we've got to take back our culture. We've got to take back our language. We've got to take back our way of life. And we've got to take back our freedom because it is being taken away from us bit by bit. Uh, Chad Prather, our guest, yep. we'll come back. We'll continue uh, when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, rolls on. All right, so Bubba, let's talk about ExpressVPN. We we were just talking about with Chad here on this uh, edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. I mean, it's like you don't have freedom anymore. Everywhere you turn, a, a liberty has been taken away. Everywhere you turn, somebody's saying, hey, hey we, we see what you're doing, and I'll tell you what, that might be problematic. So uh, you need to look at ExpressVPN right now because it really what you're doing uh online is is no one else's business that's right rick you don't want the man getting you so you got to hide everything from the man so uh, you keep in mind that that everything that you have browsed searched for watched or tweeted uh now uh they take that data they crawl through it they collect it uh then they sell it off to third parties uh and uh, really they're t- they're keeping their own record of you uh, so having your private life exposed for others to see was what something only you know celebrities would have to worry about. But now everybody has to worry about that. But there is 
there is a plan that can make you private again online. If you want your data to be private when you go online, you need to do what we've done in turn to express VPN because there's hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data, and they're doing it without your consent. Uh, so uh, the IP address is one of the data points that they that they use. So with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted service uh, server, and uh, then your IP address, my IP address, is actually masked. Every time that we turn uh, you know ExpressVPN on, uh, then we get a random IP address, and, and it's shared by other ExpressVPN customers. And this does make it a lot more difficult for third parties to identify us and then harvest our data, and they'll do the same thing for you. Best part, it's very, very easy. Uh, so it, no matter what your device is, whether it's phone, laptop, smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button, and then you're protected. So do what you need to do to secure yourself on the number one VPN on the market. Go to expressvpn.com. Slash Rick Bubba, we'll get you an extra three months for free. E X P R E S S VPN dot com slash Rick Bubba. That's expressvpn.com slash Rick Bubba to learn more. Chad Prather is our guest on uh, this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Chad is a, a host right here on Blaze TV. Uh, of course, we have a relationship with Blaze TV as well. If you've never seen the Chad Prather show, uh, man, it is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, you need to check it out. He also has a new book out, Am I Crazy? An Apologetic Patriot Takes on the Insanity of Today's Woke World. Uh, he's also a comedian. He's a musician. And, oh, by the way, he's running for the governor of Texas in 2022. But other than that. And, and Chad, somebody had dropped me a note. I, we may have another common acquaintance between us, uh, Steve McGrew. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you know, Steve's funny because we had him on the show several years, uh, as a comedian. And then the next thing we knew he was doing a radio show named Mudflap. Right. And uh, I don't know if he's still on the air or not. What, what does he do? Cause we haven't seen him in a while. Is and he that, doing okay? And that's when we had to destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> the Yo, Steve, Steve, uh, Steve's one of the funniest guys in America yeah, yeah. and yes, has been is. for quite some time. He's a funny, funny comedian. And uh, you know, Steve and I used to do some shows together and he's out, he's out doing his thing, man. He's still out there doing, doing the tours and, and making people laugh. And I've always said, you know, talk about university. I've always said that Steve McGrew ought to be able to, uh, he could teach a university course on how to do stand up comedy. He's just one of the best in the game. Yeah. I, I still laugh at some of the bits I've seen. Rick, him he do. had a great bit. We won't go into it right at this moment about sparklers. I remember I, but very I want, well, but I want yeah. you to think about what we just said. I want you to think about what we just said. <laughs> Now, I know that, Chad, you've already said, because now I want to jump into the world of Chad the Comedian. Because, you know, we, we, we do very similar things because our show is a show where Seinfeld was a show about nothing. Ours is a show about anything. Yep. So we, right. we, we do, you know, the politics, the sports. And, and then, you know, we, we, we certainly talk about our, our faith in Christ openly. You know, people say, well, you do Christian radio. And we say, no, we're Christians who do radio. But we also, you know, at the, at the foundation of this thing, it was comedy. And we still have a you know a lot of that involved in the show. You talk about something that is being impacted by this new wokeness. I mean, when you've got the bastion of conservatives like uh, Bill Maher and John Stewart concerned about it, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we, boys yeah. going off the yeah, tracks. Yeah, back, back to Wuhan yeah. when John Stewart, who is no conservative, is going. It's on the sign. <laughs> the virus, vir- yeah. virus is on the sign. You know, and Bill Maher saying, "Look, enough's enough." Uh, you know, do, I know you said you don't. But you talked about Steve McGrew, who's another comedian. 
are, are, and I know Chris Rock, I've heard him say, uh, there's things that I normally would do that I won't do anymore. Jay Leno had a story about him about yeah. a week ago. So what, what's going to happen to comedy? Well, you know, comedy, comedy and the pulpit. Okay. Oh yeah. Both, both comedy and the pulpit are, I believe the last bastions of, of free speech. Both of them are under attack. Uh, comedy to me is, is a special thing because guys like George Carlin and Lenny Bruce, they went to jail over telling jokes. Uh, there was a time when censorship was very real when it came to comedy. We pushed past that. And I addressed this in, in my book, Am I Crazy? Where, you know, you used to be able to go to a comedy show or watch one on TV without a fear of the cancel culture coming after you because you laughed at such a thing. Uh, this is one of those deals where comedy, it's supposed to make you look at you, the real you, the, the offensive parts of you. Comedy should make you uncomfortable. That's what makes us laugh. Uh, we should be able to point fingers and, and poke a little bit. That's why, what do you say? You know, well, I'm not going to sit on the front row at the comedy show because he's going to pick on me, right? Yeah. So, so we've gotten this culture, which is so thin-skinned and, and so easily offended that now they can't handle that. So what I continually remind people, I said the problem with comedy today is you have comedians go out there and they do, they do a set and they're more interested in applause than they are laughs. Mm. So, so we've got to get away from that if we ever can and go back to actually just being funny. There's a few comedians out there who are still doing it. Uh, but not only that, comedy's under attack. Live anything is under attack. You know, I was supposed to to do a, a coast to coast nationwide tour of Canada uh, this year. We had to cancel that because you can't go to Canada. You <laughs> right. can't go to Canada. I've had to cancel numerous shows uh, in the, in the, in the next 12 months, even because you have venues that are requiring vaccines and to be in attendance. I would never ask my audience to go get a medical procedure done to come to one of my dumb shows. Uh, it, you know, just not going to do that kind of thing. So we're under attack both from the free speech element of things that easily offended. Now the med medical tyranny side of things uh, we're watching as the culture of comedy and live. Anything is being destroyed. Do you think part of that is what you said is there was a time and, uh, and it seems those of us that are Southerners, we're not quite there yet. And plus if we were, nobody would care You're right. uh, because we're in that group of, it doesn't matter if you offend them or not. Uh, but, <laughs> right. but I mean, there was a time when somebody like Jeff Foxworthy was doing, you might be a redneck or not. And basically everything he said described my family that yeah. I, that I laughed at it because I knew there was a touch of truth to everything he was saying. And I didn't take myself nor did my family take themselves too serious. And there was a time when you could do accents that were exaggerated because nobody took themselves serious. There was yeah. a time when you could do this because people didn't take themselves serious. I don't know whether we just don't have enough problems. You know what I mean? That with, <laughs> So we yeah. have to invent things that bother us, that this country. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. We're so uh, mentally mushy, right? We're so spoiled as a culture and as a country that we've developed a, a generation of, of people who have to invent persecution and oppression, because let's face it, I think people define their lives, they define themselves by their pain and what's been done to them. So when nothing really ever bad has happened to you, you have to invent something. You have to invent something to make you feel persecuted. And that's what that's what we're seeing happen. 
in this situation. You know, I, I can remember a couple of Christmases ago, I wrote a, I wrote a poem to uh, the night before Christmas and it was about a gay Santa Claus. Okay. Bear with me. And uh, in this thing, I, I was like, it, it, it was, it was very funny, but it was not something that I could do. It wasn't my brand, but I wrote it. I sent it to Dan Whitney, Larry, the cable guy, yeah. I sent it to Larry, the cable guy, I texted it over to him. And I said, I, you got to give this to somebody. It's funny. Right. And of course, Dan, he'd had his run in for about a year with the gay community because he'd made some jokes. And of course they came at him full throttle. And he said, I made a decision that if I ever go at the gay community again, it's going to be full throttle. It won't be seasonal. <laughs> you know, it won't, <laughs> it That's won't a great line. Christmas, won't just be a Christmas joke. Uh, but I can remember, you know, uh, Larry doing the bits about, you know, his, his, uh, his sister being so fat, she had to put a, a belly button ring on her because it had something to tow her away from the buffet. You know, yeah, right, you, yeah. you can't talk about stuff like that anymore because people, oh, you're fat shaming. And, well, yeah, I mean, that's, we're shaming <laughs> we, we, everything. We've all that's done the it. point of comedy. Uh, Bubba and I, mean, I, I make fun of myself for being a redneck from Georgia for 48 years now. Well, that's remember, the point of it. Yeah, remember this show, I don't know if you knew this, one of our slogans is the two sexiest fat men alive. And yeah. uh, I mean, we've been poking fun at our battle with with weight and us being hefty guys and buffets because we don't take that too serious. We'll come back. We're going to finish up uh, with Chad Prather when this edition of Rick and Bubba University continues. All right, so Chad Prather uh, is our guest, and and do you think talking about comedy when we when we went to the the last break, do you think it's? I said this about uh, on the show. Uh, it was this week uh, on on the main show. And I said, you know, I remember when I was growing up in the Bible Belt, everybody went to church, but nobody was really devout. And I said, and now I noticed that fewer people go to church, but more people are devout. Do, do, you, do you think that our country is going to get to that point where there's just people that say, you know what, uh, it's not easy uh, to be uh, an American anymore. It's not easy to be a patriot anymore. And there won't be as many of us but the ones there are may be stronger than ever. Yeah. You know, I, I have come out as I alluded to earlier, folks can go to watchchad.com not only to get the book, but they can go shopping with our unapologetic Patriot stuff. I, you know, we put out politically incorrect, uh, humorous things that just kind of tells the world, Hey, I love this country. I love where this country was founded. I love the idea of America. And I think there is, as there always is in all things, that remnant, those folks who yeah. are just give me liberty or give me death types of patriots right. who at some point in time, they've just they've had enough. And I think we're getting close to the crucible of that breaking point right now. Uh, the things that I'm hearing and the chatter and just the conversations that are out there. Folks are really sick and tired of this. I, I, I've, I've heard some wild and wacky ideas. I hear people who have even said to me, they said, look, our, our bug out plan involves going to Russia. They, I mean, like they, they've got all these things. Kind of, and I'm like, at what point in time did you ever hear, did you think you would hear an American patriot say, hey, Russia might be a better option for us to go have a place to yeah. go hide? These, and I don't advocate for that, of course, but they, sure. these are the kind of crazy things that I'm hearing. Because these are the folks that are out there who have just simply had enough. They're tired of being trampled on. And one of our great historical slogans, don't tread on me. Man, that snake is being walked all over today. Chad, uh, 
as far as the left and the march to socialism and eventually communism, uh, the the left has a death grip on our education system. Oh boy! Uh, it, it, how do we ever get this thing back in the road? And are we too far gone? Quite frankly, are we just playing? Uh, stretch out the game as long as we can go. Have we lost the battle already? Yeah, we've lost the battle. Uh, it, we got to burn the whole thing to the ground, and we got to start over. Now, now, if you want to, if you want to leave those leftist institutions of Marxist brainwashing to the progressives that are out there, let them have the public school system. But let's stop being lazy. I did a show in Charlotte, North Carolina, a few years ago, and a lady asked me at a meet and greet. She said, "Do you think we'll have a civil war?" I said, "No," and she goes, "Why not?" I said. Because we're too lazy. I mean, maybe if they start the battle at two in the afternoon, you know, you know, you know, I just we're too lazy. So what I'm encouraging people to do is, is stop sending your kids to these institutions. You say, well, what do I do? It's time to go back to, to this concept of community and co-op, you know, maybe you and a dozen parents from around your metropolitan or municipal area, your community, your town. You get together and you hire a teacher and you do it little house on the prairie style. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing bad about homeschooling. There's nothing bad. Listen, I homeschool. I got four kids. I homeschooled uh, uh, three of them. And I, my wife and I did. We homeschooled three of them. Now I've got one at, at a major university in, in South Alabama. I got one at a major university in North Alabama. They turned out all right. Uh, <laughs> it, they're great kids. There, there's something to be said for caring about your child's brain and, and giving them a future that's actually tenable. But right now, this Dewey man system of humanism we call public education is nothing more than, than an attempt to erase common sense from their minds and to, uh, it, to weaken a generation, quite honestly. And the globalists absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, Bubba and I have said, when, when I first uh, became a parent, I said, thinking about when I grew up, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, my kid will never go to a private school because that's where all a bunch of weird geeks go. And I'll tell you one thing, I think homeschool people are weird. Now I realize that my kids will never would never go to anything but a private school, and I think homeschooling is fantastic yeah. because of, 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 what, of what you just said. And I remember the first time, and Bubba, you had the same experience. I think the same man told you when my kids were considering a private school, we first moved to Birmingham. I'm like, I'm not sending my kid to a private school. And, right. he, and he said, what you don't understand this Christian private school is the public school that you attended. Yeah, yeah things have that's, changed. That's exactly right. And I was like, oh, you know, we, we, have dis- and, and- we, we have discipline. We talk about God. We talk about country. We talk about American history, uh, true American history. And I thought, oh, okay, I, I, I've completely – I play re- hard on the sports field. Yeah, because yeah. the first time somebody told me, they said they're even fooling you. You need to start calling a public school what it is, a, a, government, government, school. a government school. And when you yeah. call it a government school, it reflects the current state of the government. And, and they and they trap parents in this by, by the sports, right? And you guys know, we love to live vicariously through our kids. Get your kids involved in sports. Well, they, they got to do that. And the parents are the chief cheerleaders. So they keep them in these crazy schools, learning these crazy things. And, and what's keeping them there? Well, they're anchoring them there with the extracurricular activities. Oh yeah, because you think if I send my if I homeschool my kid, he can't play sports. But now we're starting to get better. Yeah, you know, we with got that. a lot of and, Tim Tebow rules yeah, out there. And, oh look, there's some people yeah. that the sole reason that they will not homeschool is over sports. That's the only reason. <laughs> if, right. if, you know, and and so we're starting to resolve that. So uh, private schools are starting to get better and better at sports. You know why? Because that's where people are starting starting to go. So yeah. uh, so it, you're right. You here's what you can't do. You can't sit around 
and do nothing and just expect that it's all going to work out. And, uh, and getting involved requires us not to be lazy. That's yeah, for sure. It, because it, yeah. What, what, what the, what the new woke world has shown us and we need to pay attention is that they will respond and cower to pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. So what we have to learn how to do is to apply the same pressure that is working in the opposite direction that will work in the right direction because they've already yeah. proven that they'll do it. And we've made some stands like this on this show uh, where advertisers threaten to drop us. And we say, look, you know, I don't know if you know this. I won't say the brand. We, we had this one time dealing with uh, uh, Pride Month that we'd said something about it. And they said, oh, well, we're going to cancel you if you don't go on the air and apologize. And we both said, you sell fried chicken and biscuits. When we go on the air and say that you abandoned us because we took a stand for God's standard of marriage, who do you think is going to walk out of your place? And you know, what right. they, you know what they said? That's a good point. We'll just keep rolling with you. So anyway, well, we got, we're wrapping it up, Chad. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Appreciate what you're doing. The book is Am I Crazy? Uh, you can get all the de- details about that, and you can find all the different ways to find the Chad Prather Show right here on Blaze TV, of course. Uh, you can find him there. Uh, you can get the book wherever books are sold. Am I Crazy? An Unapologetic Patriot Takes on the Insanity of Today's Woke World. <laughs> and, and if Chad ever gets to go out on tour again, go check him out out on the road. I plan on seeing him at Austin, and then after that, maybe Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, we love you, man. Love Thanks. You, Chad, Good to meet you. And how about love this? Love you guys. And if God you're, bless. And if you're in Texan, uh, a Texan, Chad Prather for governor in 2022. <laughs> uh, I like it. Thanks, Chad. Thanks. And uh, thanks, thanks for, for thanks to all of you for joining us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Mm-hmm.